Do you like horror? Sci-fi? Superheroes? Comics and adventure. SunsetCrypt.com has you covered. With reviews and articles. Two associated podcasts. Hot damn! Topics on a ton of bullshit and all geekery grounds with Crypt Keepers Curtis Sturrock, Steve Brown, and Jeff Smith. SunsetCrypt.com. Only the reader knows what awaits them. His name is Curtis Durrock There's not much that he won't mock But he'll talk to his friends about sex and rear ends Yeah, it's wrestling with myself Some know him as Scotty O'Shea And he's really into ass play Steve Brown tags along and Mello wrote the song It's wrestling with myself Wrestling with myself Sometimes he does it by himself Discussing wrestling in movies Drugs, hookers, and boobies It's wrestling with myself Whoa-ho Wrestling with myself Whoa-ho Wrestling with myself On a Friday night He's got his flashlight It's wrestling with myself Whoa-ho Wrestling with myself Whoa-ho Wrestling with myself Discussing wrestling in movies Drugs, hookers, and boobies Myself. Whoa, whoa, wrestling with myself. Whoa, whoa, wrestling with myself. Discussing wrestling in movies, drugs, hookers, and boobies. Wrestling with myself. All right, dudes. Another episode of the podcast. Special one. I'm excited about this one. I don't usually get guests that aren't like within a 10 mile radius of my house because I don't reach out to enough people. But I'm talking today to the founder, owner, operator, creator of Interspecies Wrestling. I'm talking to Mike Roch. Hey, buddy. How are you? I'm not bad, dude. Do you remember the first time you met me? Dude, I'm so happy you asked this, because that was going to be my first question to uh, kind of get the ball rolling, and let me just answer, I don't know. I have an idea, I don't know if it's the first time. No, I remember it, okay, I remember it distinctly. Um, There was a show in Oshawa. Okay, I think we're on the same page then. It was called Motor City Wrestling. Mm Mm-hmm. All I know is that I'm still owed money for that show, so fuck Jesse Amato. But anyway, um, we'll keep going. Um, I was in the balcony, uh, supposed to be doing commentary, uh, but I don't know if like something wasn't working or whatever, so I was going to do it in post. And I just spent the whole show standing in the balcony yelling, suck it, at people. <laughs> and you and Bruno were up there laughing your asses off, and yeah. that's how we met. Okay, I'm happy you said that, because that is my first memory, but I couldn't remember if it was the first time. And I remember, like, that same night, there was another show, like, nearby, I think it was uh, GCW. It was literally, like, when you say a stone's throw away, it was an actual stone's throw away. Yeah, with Abdullah the Butcher. Yeah. Yeah, that's wild. And, uh, both shows, like, literally, like, it would be just a two-minute walk drew, like, 300 people. Yeah, it's pretty crazy, man. Yeah. Uh, 
I couldn't believe it. It was cool times. Oh, who came down? Like, did you come down with the carload that night? Yeah, I was with, uh, I think, yeah, I was with Uno, Stu, and uh, the camera guys. Oh, I don't, okay, now that I think about it, I do remember Stu being there because I think he only spoke French at this time. Yeah, and Uno was in a match with uh, James Champagne and, like, yeah, some other dudes from, like, that area. Wow, what a a throwback, James Champagne. Well, I remember James Champagne being there because he smacked the camera at ringside and and Matt Fortune wanted to fucking kill him. (laughs) So... At this point, this was what, like, 06, 07, probably? Yeah, probably, yeah, I think it was, like, 06. Here's my nice segue. Is that around the time you started Interspecies Wrestling? I started Interspecies Wrestling in 2005. Okay, uh, so you predated it. Yeah, August 2005 was our first show. And how'd that all start? Just you wanted to be uh, creative? It all started from a really stupid joke, honestly, like, uh... I'd been involved in wrestling for a few years at that point and, like, sat under several learning trees and decided that someday I was eventually going to run my own show. Yeah. It was only going to be one show. I didn't want to start a promotion. I just wanted to run one wrestling show. And, uh, um, ended up booking one of their shows, and that's when I got bit by the booking bug, and I was like, okay, maybe it's going to be something else. So, one day I'm having a conversation with some friends online, and uh, we were talking about an evening with Kevin Smith. I don't know if you've ever seen that. I've heard about it. I'm not a huge Kevin Smith fan. Yeah, yeah, like Kevin Smith would do talking and speaking engagements, and like, he'd release them on DVD or whatever. This was the first one, Mm -hmm. and he was talking about how he was involved in a Superman movie that was going to be made, and I don't know if it was like Tim Burton or some other asshole was just like trying to insert a giant mechanical spider in it <laughs> and Kevin Smith got pissed off and like ended up like leaving the project and my friends and I were talking about that and like somebody was just like oh I want to wrestle a giant mechanical spider and I was like I'll book that shit <laughs> and then um, we just started like making up this fake card and I was like you know most of this could actually happen so let's let's you know let's go with it and uh, it was a girl who started uh, ISW with me. It was uh, uh, former porn star Elsa Bangs. No way, really? Yeah. Oh yeah, my... we started ISW together. Oh, my God. And uh, um, I went to work, work a night shift, and I came home one day. Oh, by the way, the original name for ISW was DBW, which stood for Dead Baby Wrestling. <laughs> were all the rage oh they're still the rage to some people i not to me anymore so much i mean i've got friends who've lost babies and shit so it's not too funny to me but like um back then it was fucking yo back then shit was free range that was like the chuck norris joke back then it was the dead baby joke yeah yeah i I was an ignorant fuck back then i said a lot of dumb shit but like uh preaching to the choir anyway dead baby wrestling that was gonna be a thing and uh thankfully uh she came up with interspecies wrestling (laughs) That was a lot better. See, I always thought you guys named it Interspecies Wrestling to, like, sound familiar to IWS, but be totally different at the same time. No, actually, that was my one complaint about the name at first, was that it would sound too much like IWS. And, like, most of the guys we use for the same roster, too. So, like, I thought there'd be a lot of confusion. And there has been a lot of confusion, like, over the years. Oh, I'd imagine so. Like, I always thought it was just, like... Some kind of, like, trying to uh, ride the coattails. I know that sounds worse than I meant it to be. But, like, something like that where it's, like, if you mistype 
IWS in the Google search bar, your name comes up type deal? Well, Lacor, uh, rest in peace, by the way. Yeah. I'm sure you know who Lacor is. He's a guy who used to, for anybody unaware, he's a guy who used to write about wrestling in Montreal. But he worked for IWS, and he would always write articles about us and refer to us as, like, their little brother promotion. So people really did think we were just an offshoot. <laughs> but, no, we were never, never anything to do with IWS. Can we... Uh trail back there and talk about Elsa Bangs a little bit because I haven't heard that name in so oh, long yeah. and I was fascinated oh, yeah. with her when I was following IWS and stuff because she'd show up and take like a crazy fucking move from Steen or something. She took the nastiest chair shot yeah. I've ever seen in my life. Like to this day I've never seen anybody top it. Like what was her interest in like being involved with wrestling? Whenever I see good looking people, male or female, I'm always like what are you doing here? This is a carny shit show. Right. Like, don't you have right. other things to do? Um, well, actually, um, so IWS was backed by a porn company back in the day okay. called Wild Rose Entertainment or something like that, or Wild Rose Productions. Like, you go to those, you, if you went to those shows, there was always, like, a section up in the balcony of, of the venue or, like, by the bar in the venue where there would just be a lot of attractive people. <laughs> and it's just like, all right. So they got, like, their own little fucking, like, porn star club hanging out over here. <laughs> and, uh... Like, and I guess she worked for them, and that's how she got involved. And she so, just wanted to stay involved. That's hilarious. Like, it still yeah, blows she, my mind. Well, she got way into it. I think she told me that her dad watched wrestling when she was a kid. Like, okay. when, when we started ISW, uh, she lasted one show and then quit so she could move to Philly and train with Chikara. Holy so, moly. Like, like, yeah, that's a thing that happened until she, like, broke her foot training with Chris Hero. Oh, really, eh? Yeah. Was, you brought it up. I'm curious. Do you have any Shakara stories? Because you guys were, like, I don't want to say co-promoting, but I feel like you guys were together at times. I have uh, probably nothing good, honestly. Oh, um, really? <laughs> so it went well. I am very much a fuck Mike Quackenbush guy and have been for years. Um... He, I, I knew he was a scumbag and an asshole before anybody else realized it. Uh, I, uh, there's a, there's a story going around about how, um, one time he made his girlfriend sleep on the couch because she told her mom that he, uh, also wrestled as Darkness Crabtree. <laughs> <laughs> what a loser! And I, like, I can confirm that story because I fucking hung out with the girl and she told me the story. Really? Yeah. That is some um, elementary like that, like, shit. Um, the last time I did any business with him was um, King of Trios 2009. Okay, I remember uh, vividly then. Like, he he never really wanted to give us any due or anything, or like, you know, like, he was just like, you know, the internet likes uh, guys because, like, the inter he said the internet liked ISW because I posted on message boards and I was friendly with Basically. But isn't, and, uh, isn't that kind of a valid reason, though? Like, if that is why sure. people like you, like, yeah, it's because you're interactive with fans and you have them involved. Like, that is a valid reason why my, people are interested. My philosophy when it comes to fans is that you should treat your fans just as well as you treat your friends because the fans will always be there supporting you. I, I can't tell you that all my friends come into my fucking shows and support what I do. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, my friends ain't buying my t-shirts. Mm -hmm. The fans are. You know, like, the fans are helping me pay my bills and helping me put on shows like yeah. so you got to treat your fans as as equal or as or better than your friends in some cases yeah but 
I was saying, so he never wanted to give us any due. Like, when he contacted me for King of Trios 2009, I thought he was going to be offering me, uh, like, a team. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, fuck, this is it. You know, we're finally going to get a team. And uh, he goes, no, he goes, uh, I, I, I want to offer you a showcase match, but you got to pay for it. I'm like, okay, well, whatever. This is cool. We can sell merch. We just got some cool new merch, and we got some, uh, we got, a, we had gotten our new belt at that point. It's like, let's show it off on, like, a, a big stage. And that was, like, so the biggest, the that was the biggest King of Trios to date, I say. It was fucking huge. That was the three-nighter, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I'd never seen, three nights in the arena. Yeah. Like, I'd never seen that building so packed. It was crazy, like, wall-to-wall. And, uh, anyway, so... We, we went in there, we did our thing, we had a decent match. I, I, I thought it was a great match at the time. Like, watching back, it's still, like, watching it now, it's still watchable. It, so, was it Twiggy and Uno? Twiggy and Uno. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, after the show, you know, I'm, I'm fucking happy as hell. We just sold, like, over $1,000 in merch and had a fun yeah. match. And I go to uh, shake Quack's hand and say, thank you. I'm like, hey, man, you know, like, thanks for having us. And he just looks at me and with, like, the most disgusting look on his face says, thank you for paying to fill a spot on my show that I couldn't afford to fill. What and a cunt. Away. Yeah, walked away. And uh, uh, Matt Fortune, who previously wanted to kill James Champagne, as I mentioned, <laughs> wanted to kill Mike Quackenbush yeah. at this point. And I was like, no, you know what, don't worry about it. Um, I'm sure he's just having a bad day or something. And so, like... Then, um, I don't know if you've heard about what he used to do after his shows, where he'd send the whole roster an email and just basically tear them the fuck apart. Uh, I was a part of it once. He was very nice oh. to us because uh, we weren't really part of his crew. But I had seen okay. it, and yeah, I, I was aware of it. And yeah, like, supposedly he it would be all, like, rough critiquing. Not helping you, just, why the fuck would you do this? Yeah. Like, you should yeah. know better type deal. No no way to do it better and most of the time if it's like an outsider or a big name they don't get a cc for the email mm-hmm. like like uh in in this king of trios email he trashed jericho and was like his he oversells and all this shit but of course generico never saw the email because it never got sent to him he uh he talked about how beef wellington's barely a wrestler <laughs> didn't send it to him you know like he just he talks so much shit on so much people and didn't send it to them but he absolutely tore uh, the ISW match to shreds, mm. and he's like, the internet, the like these fans only like what the internet tells them to like, and blah blah. blah. It's like, dude, that's just fucking rude, you know? Like, and were you the guys fans like the match? They chanted for our company, like that's it. Yeah. How did you see the email? Were you actually involved in it at that time? Like, were you... it got it got sent to me. Okay, yeah, yeah. Of course, he didn't send it to me. Uh, and he just thinks nobody um, talks to anybody, and like. Everybody's a yeah. piece of shit and doesn't let their friends know what was said. Exactly. Like, yo, nothing is, nothing's a secret in wrestling. Nope. Like, I mean, if somebody tells me that you're a wiener, I'm going to tell you that somebody told me you're a wiener. Yep. Yeah, that's... But, at the same time, when somebody tells me what somebody else said about me, I wonder what they said to the person when they said something about me. Sure. Like, what did you say that made them say that? You know. Like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, it didn't come out just cold. Silly like that. It's fucking high school part two, right? I remember. Uh, I might have been on like the CZW fans board, but like one of the most epic threads was just all of a sudden something set it off, and it was like a Mike Quack. Tell your shitty Mike Quackenbush stories. Oh. Do you remember that? 
Yeah. And it was like pages upon pages upon pages of just everybody giving and, their own personal stories. And somebody compiled it all into like a notepad file at one point too. It was just like a giant list of quack stories. And and my first thought was like, he's got a kid that's going to Google his dad someday. Yeah, yeah it's true. And read all that shit. Like he's going to read about how badly he fucking treated people. Like that thing of King, uh, King of Trios and the email afterwards wasn't even the worst thing he did to us. Like at one point he barred his workers from working our shows for no reason. Like, like after working with us, for five years, he just barred his workers from working our shows. And I feel it's because at one point he asked me, hey, I want to do Tag World Grand Prix in Canada. Can you get your venue that you run for two nights in a row for me? Mm-hmm. And I said, no, it's not possible. I can only get the venue on Sundays because on Fridays and Saturdays they run concerts. Sure, yeah, yeah. They- they make us have Sundays because Sunday is their downtime and they don't make much money. If they put a wrestling show in there, they make a fuckload at the bar. And he, 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 like, this was unreasonable to him. He couldn't understand why he couldn't get two days in a row. And that's when he just, like, left me, like, on red, basically, and didn't talk to me again until suddenly I found out from Eddie Kingston. He's like, yeah, I can't work your shows anymore, partner. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's so strange how, like, how do you make it through life that long being that crummy of a person? Let alone, like, wrestling kind of breeds those people sometimes. I almost give you uh, a pass for that just because it's such a weird little, like, in the shadows type industry. I don't understand yeah. how you just go through life. Like, he's a grown man, and these are ad- these are obvious attributes that he's carried with him all his life. And he's just right. never gotten called on or been humbled from it. You know what I mean? Like... It's not like he's walking around and he's an intimidating guy. He has admittedly never been in a fight in his life. (laughs) And um, one time he was confronted by somebody I know. I won't name names just because I don't don't think he would want me to name names. Mm -hmm. But um, he was confronted by somebody I know. And uh, because he talked shit about him. And Quack's response was, I'll have you know, I've never been in a fight before. One time a man wanted to fight me in in a diner. And I nearly shook out of my boots. And it's like... What? Man, you're a fucking pussy. <laughs> like, just lie in that case. Yeah. Like, that's so much like, more embarrassing. He was terrified of getting his ass kicked. <laughs> my one buddy used to play hockey all the time. I don't talk to him anymore. But my favorite stories all the time was... Uh, like, he wasn't a big guy at all. But he'd always come up to me. And he'd be, and I'd, we'd just talk about hockey. It was his thing. It's not mine. I'd be like... Uh, when was the last time he played? And he'd be like, oh, Tuesday night, I got in a fight, and boy, let me tell you, I got the shit kicked out of me. And he was just always, like, brutally honest that he never won. But he's just like, my ego got That's in the great. way. My ego got in the way, man. My ego got in the way. Hey, if you're... Well, like, like hockey, hockey fighting is just part of the game. It's not even, like, really a fight, you yeah. know? You lose, you lose. It's whatever. I had this idea a couple years ago, and I think there are legs to it, but, like, there's obviously, like, jiu-jitsu schools, judo schools, and all that stuff, right, that specializes in a kind of technique. I don't understand, like, I don't watch hockey. I, I hate hockey. But from my minimal education of it, when you fight, as soon as it goes to the ground, it's essentially over. That's when the refs come and break it up and whatnot. So, so to me, that would mean if I get you on the ground, I, by proxy, am the winner. 
So yeah. why isn't there some kind of on-ice judo training that just teaches you how to drop the guy so you can win these fights? Like, it makes total sense to me. I mean, if you, if you put your foot behind someone on skates and shoved them, I think you'd, you'd take the motherfucker down. That's what I mean. Like, I don't know why... Like, every hockey fight I've ever seen, you just grab them by the collar and throw 40 punches and about four of them hit if you're lucky. I think you need to open, like... Gretzky BJJ. That's what I mean. I I know it's a dumb idea, and uh, between me and you, I feel like there's been a lot of dumb ideas we've thrown out into the universe. But I honestly oh, feel absolutely. I honestly feel like there's legs to that. But I am not the entrepreneur to ever take more steps than this podcast talking about it publicly. Well, I mean, like uh, I had a dumb idea years ago uh, that involved like MMA as well. I wanted to. Uh, start an MMA promotion that was all women, but they fought in pajamas. Oh, my God. And it was going to be called PGA MMA. <laughs> yeah. That's great. That would have been great. Yeah, it would have been awesome. Just, like, women in lingerie fighting in fucking, like, no-holds-barred fights. Like, it sounds silly, but the lingerie yeah. football league is an actual traveling thing. Like... Dude, dude, pillow fight league was a thing. <laughs> like... But- it's only dumb until somebody actually takes the like, takes the move and just goes like, okay, I'm gonna actually invest and do this. Yeah, it could fall on its face, but yeah. still. Yeah, as soon as something's monetized, it's 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 legit. That's the thing. Like, I saw you tweeted out something today. I thought it was hilarious. You were like, bare knuckle, bo- uh, bare knuckle fighting's hilarious because you see all the. MMA fighters past their prime, and you hear the commentators trying to talk how their 19 and 18 record isn't so bad. <laughs> Yeah, I was watching. Um, I was watching Valor Fight League today, or whatever. Valor Bare Knuckle. That's the one that's run by uh, Ken Shamrock, and Sokaju was fighting. <laughs> and he looks like shit now. By the way, he doesn't have dreadlocks anymore. Oh, I he can just imagine. looks like an old fucking worn out man with a belly. And uh, they're like, "Oh yeah, he's got a, he's got an MMA record of nineteen and eighteen, but you know, that, like like uh, like don't let that you know." like, affect your, uh, like, your whatever of him, like, your opinion of him, because, you know, those were in the all-or-nothing days of pride, and those fights could have went either way, but yeah, they didn't go his way. Yeah, yeah. a lot of people won those fights. Yeah, exactly, so it's just hilarious, like, like, it's it's so dumb. Do you follow uh, Paige Van Zandt at all? Oh my god, she's a jabroni. I hate her, but, like, I can't stop following her, because... She's so atrociously annoying at all times, and then every couple yep. weeks she'll post a picture where it's like basically a nude, and then I'm reminded yeah. of why I'm following her again, and I'm just I dying for that OnlyFans. The fucking shit beaten out of her, <laughs> like mercilessly, like she. Oh my god, she needs to like just fucking open an OnlyFans and just be done That's with fighting. I, only Vance or whatever her last name is it could make a ton of money I don't know why she doesn't she's like she gives this like she kind of falls back on this how she's this down home like religious country girl a lot but then it's like you can't yeah. say that shit and then post these thirst trap photos and then get mad when guys are like I would pay to see your nipples and be like no I'm not into that I'm just into teasing you I think that she could just charge for the photos she posts now, basically. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, I, she could probably also charge for 
photos of a gash, and I mean the gash on her face after she gets the shit beaten out of her in her knuckle fights. Oh. Like, because there's a, there's probably a market for that as well. And she gets bloodied up like no other. She's like the Ric Flair oh. of women's MMA. Every God, yeah. fight! Like, and her arms are made of fucking, like, silly putty or some shit. Yeah, she fucks them up all the time. The, well, the one time she, yeah. she broke her arm or whatever, it took forever to heal. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, yeah, it never healed, and they had to go back in with a steel rod. She was out forever from, like, a broken form. And which, then they get fucked up again when she came back. They bent, I think yeah. she blocked a kick or something, and it bent the steel rod, and they had to replace that. Like, That's fucking disgusting. I, I know, it's crazy, and it turns me on so much when I see the ER photos. It's just like, just charge, <laughs> just charge me, lady. <laughs> You're a fucking animal. Yeah, I know, I'm terrible. I, I keep thinking, because I'm like, I got a kid on the way. And I, oh, shit. I honestly thought, like, I have 225 podcasts of me just saying, like, terrible things. And, like, you... Yeah, s- but guess what? Well, Most of them are under a fake name. Well, that is true. That, that, and I have thought about that. I'd be like, that's not your dad talking, okay? But right. That's someone else. That's I'm, another guy. I'm just waiting for that moment of enlightenment to hit me when it's just like, okay, it's time to mature, like, you gotta be a responsible adult, blah, blah, blah. And I thought it would hit me the second I found out my wife was pregnant, and it hasn't hit me at all, so I'm wondering, am I gonna smarten up, or am I just gonna be this guy forever? I'm honestly okay with either or. You can still be, like, a part-time idiot and, like, a good father. Yeah. I mean, like, life doesn't have to be completely serious. If it is, you get fucking old really quick and become a boring old fuck, and... Then your kid can't tell stories about how they have a fun dad. Yeah. Yeah. See, I just, I worry because if you don't know me and you listen to some of my podcasts, you can really think I'm a piece of shit. But if you know me, you know, I'm just trying to make you laugh or my friends laugh or the oh. listeners. You know what I mean? But out of context. There's a, reason, there's a reason why I won't let my wife watch any ISW from like pre-2009. Exactly. Like, That's a perfect example. Yeah. I said a lot of dumb shit back then and I own it, man. Like I'm not somebody who's like trying to like pull some revisionist shit where it's like oh yeah no i was i was a good person back then and uh i was against people who said those things no i fucking said those things like an ignorant fuck and i i regret it now but i fucking own it and uh i can admit that i've changed and i do things for you know uh, like certain causes and shit and like that's the yeah. that's the thing too. You can look in anyone's past and find something dirty on them, whether it's intentional or not. We're yeah. ju- we're just the idiots that decided to put a large chunk of our past on film, so it's even yep. easier to find. You know what I mean? Like people are getting like, are you following that Gina Carano thing today? Oh my God, am I ever? I don't even know what she, what was the tweet. I know she's been in hot water for a while, but I just woke up this morning and uh, I, I don't know what the tweet was that did it now but like she's like she's compared herself to being a jew in a concentration camp because um she's a republican it's fucking weird like i i I don't get where any of this shit comes from um i don't remember her being this way or being a transphobe when she was training and and living in fucking thailand with like lady boys Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like i feel like cyborg like permanent fucking brain damage. I really do feel that. And I hate to like judge people on their looks, but if I would, if you were to put Cyborg and Gina Carano in front of me and be like, "Who's the bigot?" For whatever reason, yeah. I'm looking at Cyborg 
And by all accounts, she is the sweetest person of all time. Oh, God, she's incredible. And then Gina Carano, who is this dime piece, is just this total asshole bigot that just... For the past, since she got on The Mandalorian, it's just been like every once in a while, something comes out about how she's a horrid person. Isn't it weird how it only came out after she got on that show, too? Yeah, of course. Like, like it didn't come out when she was in Deadpool. It didn't nope. come out when That's she true. made Haywire. Like, it didn't come out when she did any of that shit. Only when she got on that show, she just randomly decided, hey, fuck it, I work for Disney now. I'm going to be a fucking piece of shit. Yeah, she like, must have been feeling a little too secure. Yeah, I mean, she she probably got those big bucks and like oh, uh, yeah. like a guaranteed contract or something. She's just like, whatever, they fire me, they fire me. I'm getting all this fucking money, I don't care. Literally, like, seconds before we hit record, I was taking a piss looking at Twitter, and I think it was Eric Stevens posted something, and it was a, pic- okay. it was a picture of Sonya Deville and being like, hey, Disney, if you need a new person to play whatever her role is, I found somebody. And I was like, holy shit, that is perfect. You know what? That would absolutely work. They look almost identical. In the photo she posted, uh, he posted too. It's just like, yeah, you don't even have to give an explanation. Just, just keep riding the story. Supposedly she was going to get spinoffs and stuff like, too. It's funny because the people that side with her are like, you're taking away somebody for like little girls to look up to. Well, I mean, like Sonya Deville is like, isn't she like the only openly gay WWE superstar? Yeah, I believe like, so. That's something fucking cool. Yeah. You know, oh, absolutely. Like, I also saw somebody who's going to basically teach kids, you know, how to love themselves. That's shit. it. So that's great. I also saw, uh, I guess Disney released a short or something on their uh, Disney Plus or whatever, and it's about, um, I guess, a son or a daughter coming out to their parents, and just oh, like, really? yeah, yeah, just like just something great to have out there in the ether, so these kids can realize, like, oh, I'm not alone, and like this is more natural than I thought. And it's yeah. just comment after comment after comment about people that look exactly how you think they look, wearing Punisher fucking uh, headbands and aviate or oh fucking uh, sunglasses, being like, "Oh, this isn't the kind of stuff I want on the platform. I'm canceling now. I don't want my kids to know about this." Like, what if your kid is feeling these emotions and feelings right, right. now, and they see this or hear how you talk? Like, I can't imagine how you make that them feel. Imagine telling your kids that you love them every night and tucking them in the bed and then one day hearing the words, Mom, I think, you know, I like boys or, you know, and then just suddenly being like, fuck this kid. Oh, my God. like that is the most disgusting thing in the world. It's evil. Like, like it's pure evil. It is evil. You're supposed to love your kids unconditionally. So people like that are fucking just the, the worst type of people. And they're not even people. No. I, and I just don't understand like, why it's a big deal. Like, I know that sounds no. so fucking dumb, but why does it matter? Honestly, that's that's my take. Like, my take has always been, um, who somebody else goes to bed with is not my fucking business. No! And, like... No. no. They're like, oh, I don't want to picture my son in bed with another guy. I don't want to picture my son or daughter in bed with anyone ever. Right! Like, <laughs> I, ju- I, like I don't have to actually visualize it i just if they're happy and healthy and everything is consensual i don't give a fuck i'm all about chasing happiness and if you're a dude and and, uh cock makes you happy fucking go for it absolutely it's just it's funny like joe rogan's kind of an idiot now but like back in the day he said something 
that was great. It was um, homophobes are secretly afraid that dicks are delicious. <laughs> That's probably the funniest joke Joe Rogan's ever said too. That man yeah. is a vacuum of comedy sometimes, but I do. I still love him. He's just the more I've listened to him, the more I realize this guy doesn't know shit. And I used to think he was just uh, like. Yeah. Nostradamus. He plays every single side. Like, when Joe Rogan talks about pro wrestling, one day it'll be, oh, it's the hardest job in the world. I, I respect these guys. You know, they, they work 300 days a year, and then the next time he talks about it, he'll be like, oh, it's fucking phony. They're pussies. That's it. And No. But within the same sentence, talk about how much he loved Game of Thrones. Like, you're talking right. about the same shit. Yeah. The biggest, like, urban legend, not even urban legend, myth, is that people think wrestling fans believe it's real like none of us do past the age of like nine years old we know it's fake we right it's just a show that we watch exactly a television show i mean we all know that if you throw somebody into like a fucking wall or <laughs> or if, like a clothesline or something they're not gonna bounce back and nope. run at you yep you know like that's that's when kids first figure out it's fucking fake because it just doesn't happen you know it's just yeah i I go back and forth on that all the time because I love the Undertaker podcast he did, but okay. I'm a long time listener and I remember like the first time Tony Hinchcliffe was on and he brought up like gold dust or something and he just shit on the whole thing forever and then total totally hypocritical. He's just gushing over Undertaker's nads for three and a half hours. I'm just like, just you're allowed to say like I don't quite understand professional wrestling, so I can't say I'm the biggest right. fan. But he, listening to him, like when he was trying to uh, explain to the Undertaker what catch wrestling was and who Josh Barnett was, I was like, yeah. I'm gonna run headfirst into a wall because I'm so embarrassed that he's like this ignorant towards things. Wait, wait, wait! He was trying to ex like explain to Undertaker who Josh Barnett was and what catch wrestling was, like, like. Like, he thought Undertaker wouldn't know? Yes, yes. Like he, I mean, like, like Undertaker's like an old-school UFC fan. Like right? Everybody knew it was the fucking babyface assassin, man. Yeah, he just, because they were just talking, because uh, he brings everything back to MMA, and he, then he made the connection yeah. where it's just like, oh, there's guys like Josh Barnett that actually, like, fight with a catch wrestling base, and if you know, a catch wrestling is actually blah, 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 and it's just like, you can tell Undertaker's there doing, like, the polite nod but it's, yeah. it's like, yeah, obviously I fucking know. But whatever, he's he's a multi-millionaire who's trying to um, act like the average Joe. Pulled one of the knives and guns out of his bag at that moment and just <laughs> fucking killed Joe Rogan. Did you, okay, did you hear that big, like, comeuppance about all that when he's like, locker rooms are different now? And did you think it was a big it's, deal? I don't give a fuck. You know what I mean? Like, um... I would rather not have knives and guns in the locker room personally, just because, um, like, especially in our locker room, there, there's been fights. Yeah. Like, always with outsiders, never our crew. Oh, but, wow. um, uh, I'll, I'll tell you a fight story in a bit. But, um, uh, yeah, I, I don't think that guys playing video games instead of doing drugs is so bad. But, um, I mean, that's just the era, era that he was from, you know, like, People from the fucking 60s and 70s talk about how much drugs they did, you know? Yeah. Like, just because they did them and I don't doesn't mean that I'm, you know, not a, I'm like a fucking loser or whatever. Like, 
And I, I just... I don't know, man. I thought it got blown out of proportion. I don't give a shit. Me uh, too. My friend Jeff likes to tell people that he thinks Undertaker is so old that he shits his pants all the time, and I think that's <laughs> a lot funnier than this conversation about uh, whether, like, you know, guys these days are soft. Yeah. And, uh, and I honestly think that's all he was soft. saying. Like, I think that's all it, he was really saying. Like, back in the day... Pro wrestlers were tough guys. They could take care of themselves in a bar. Nowadays, they might be able to, but probably not all of them. Like they probably could years ago. Like I thought, it just got blown out of proportion. And I think a lot of the guys now are passive, but could probably whoop his fucking ass. Yeah. Oh yeah. Probably. But it's also it's just like going out to a bar and getting drunk and stumbling home doesn't excite people like it did anymore. You're not trying to chase that rock and roll no. lifestyle because we've seen how it ends up. Yeah, and even, like, the, just, like, the idea of going out drinking, like, at, like, my age, I'm not even that fucking old, but, like, I, I got that all out when I was younger, you know? Yeah. Like, I don't need to do that shit. Like, I'm sure that all these guys partied when they were young, and they're good now. Yeah, you know? like, absolutely. Like, responsible life. So. And, and, like, it's a tougher, uh, like, the style is much more, uh, fast pace and hard hitting than it was back then like these old timers love to talk about how they'd call it out there and if you yeah. watch a lot of it it's trash and it wouldn't pass yes. now it didn't pass it hardly passed then like the style everything's different you're working harder yeah you might have been on the road 385 days a year or whatever you want to say but half the time you weren't yeah. doing shit every match now is like what your main events used to be it's funny how, like, those guys will talk like, oh, these guys just do their fucking high spots and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, but in, like, 1982 in Japan, Dynamite Kid and Tiger Mask were having the spottiest matches of, like, all fucking time. Yeah. And if that shit was in America, then wrestling would have changed mm -hmm. completely. Like, the, the old, I'm going to do a suplex for my finisher shit would not have fucking... It, it, it would not have stuck at all. Like, there would have been none of that. Like, Hulk Hogan would have been fucked. Oh, absolutely. Like, yeah. And uh, I, I just... No, go ahead. Sorry. I just love Hogan, too, because, like, I grew up only, like, watching Hulkamania, the videotape and stuff, and then you find older stuff of his, and, like, when he goes to Japan and, like, and faces Muda and stuff, it always pops up online. Yes. And, like, he can go, but he knew he didn't have to because the style didn't dictate it. In the States. He didn't have to do that shit. Guy did nothing but a leg drop, and he's crippled now. Yeah, it's funny. That, like, that's the same kind of thing that people complain about, like, John Cena about. But he's never had to do more than his five moves. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like there's matches where... But then there's matches where he pulls out more. Like, when he did, like, the springboard Hurricane Rana to fucking CM Punk. Awesome. And the crowd went bananas. Yeah. Like, he knows when to pull out another move, you know? Uh, yeah. Um, I think everything, like, hindsight makes everything a little better. Same with, like, uh, just, like, what was the years of, um, like, John Cena's terrible run? Oh, his, his great run, but it was when he was just mowing everyone down. I remember being so bored of all of his shit. And now that I go back like and... every year. Yeah, <laughs> it was like a, a fucking decade. But now if you go back and watch it, it's what, it's much more, like, there's much more quality to it than I remembered. I was just so done with it at the time. But history has actually aged it very well. Dude, his match with Umaga, where they, like, tore the ring apart and shit. Royal Rumble. The coolest match. Mm -hmm. Coolest match ever. Uh, I um, love... Like, so speaking good. of Umaga, like, I, that same tweet earlier I made about uh, the bare-knuckle fighting. 
the guy Sokuju, who had the 1918 record, was fighting this dude named Mighty Mo, who I'd never seen before, but apparently he's like a kickboxing legend. He's a fucking 50-year-old Samoan. (laughs) Tough as nails, probably. And when he took off his shirt, I just saw that big Samoa tattoo across (laughs) his stomach, and I knew immediately, yo, fucking Sokuju's fucked. (laughs) They're like the toughest fucking people. And he was fucked. Like, you never fuck with a Samoan, but you especially never fuck with a Samoan who's got Samoa (laughs) tattooed across his stomach, like Umaga did, like this guy Mighty Mo did, like... It, it, when when they got it's like it's like they're carrying their fucking nation on their back and they're gonna fuck you up for the pride of the islands. I'm always jealous too of Samoans. Like most of them carry a little extra weight, but they yeah. carry weight so goddamn great. It's weird as fuck. I was talking about this the other day because like uh, when we were kids, whenever we wanted to insult somebody who was fat, we called them Yokozuna. <laughs> but now like. That's not a fucking insult no. when you watch Yokozuna again because, like, he was the most incredible big man ever. Mm-hmm. I mean, how could a guy that big run fucking ropes? For real. And, like, leap leap into the air and drop a leg. Like, all the shit that he did. He was athletic as fuck. Yeah. And we just didn't even realize it back then because it was just, everybody was just like, oh, look, he's a big fat guy. Like, because we're all stupid fucking kids. And, you know, we fat shamed everybody back then because, you know, that was a thing that people did. It was all over television, so. Oh, yeah. It also. Just what you do. It also blew my mind when I found out he wasn't, like, Japanese and he was Samoan. I was just like, what is happening here? Yeah, when he suddenly turned face and had fucking braids in his hair and I talked. I couldn't believe like, it. Uh, what? I don't know. Maybe I, he just fit the bill so well. Him with, like, Mr. Fuji. I was just like, there's no way. And he's like, yeah, he's from, like, fucking Miami or whatever it is with all his other fucking rocks yeah. nephews and stuff. I was just like, what? Well, for, like, fucking fucking years, he's managed by Mr. Fuji. He was doing all the talking. And all he ever goes is, all he, all he ever said was, yosh. And then <laughs> uh, suddenly he turns face and he's like, yo, brother, it's me, Yoko. <laughs> what the fuck is happening here? Uh, can you get into that fight story you mentioned? I just don't want to pass it. So, um, all right. So when we used to run shows in Connecticut, there was another promotion that buddied up with, uh, our local promoter there Mm -hmm. and, uh, was like, Hey, can we run like a pre-show match? And we said, yes. And they're going to run a pre-show match. And they decided they were going to do a hardcore match. And I was fucking completely against that because why would we have a hardcore match as a pre-show match? Yeah. Like, it's just kind of fucked up when our main event was a hardcore match. Um, and I was against it, but they just did it anyway. And it's like, okay, so already off to a bad start. And to make it worse, one of the guys just dressed up as Sandman and wrestled like Sandman the whole time. (laughs) He just made his promotion look like fucking shit. Yeah. Like, it's like, wow, like your promotion sucks. Like they sucked anyway. And that was a one and done for sure. You made him look worse. Yeah. And, uh, so this guy just like like Sandman, he got drunk, and then he's sitting backstage and he's just being fucking ignorant, and he's it's just like, like you have no right coming into our house and acting like this. Yeah. And at one point, like TDT's planning a match with, uh, oh no, there was four four French kids, um, and they're backstage with TDT. They're all speaking French, and this guy just goes, "Yo, this is fucking America. You don't fucking speak French here." Why? And, uh, you know, so the guys just starts like straight up insulting him to his face in French, and uh, 
the guys like get heated, 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 heated. And one of our refs, this guy Eric, walks up to him and like like shoves him back and is like is like, yo, this ain't your house, motherfucker. Like like you don't get to tell people how to speak. And no. the guy started mouthing off and he's like, Yeah, whatever, yeah, you go fuck your mother. Then found out that the guy's mother died like a week before. Yeah. So oh. now dude's like fucking super hot, right? Yeah. And you know, so like like people like like smooth it over. I think Chris Dickinson helped smooth it over, and uh, so they smooth it over, smooth it over, and you know everything's gonna be okay. Um, Eric's going upstairs to leave after the show because our dressing room's in the basement. Walks up the stairs, and this guy is following him. Ugh. As soon as he comes through the curtain, he gets fucking sucker punched. Oh, uh, really? And yeah. So then uh, he's going nuts trying to fight the guy. Dickinson's pulling him back towards me. And I didn't even see what happened, and I'm like, yo, what the fuck happened? Dickinson's laughing hysterically <laughs> while holding holding Eric back, and he goes, your boy went from zero to go fuck your mother, and then he got punched in the face. <laughs> it was like one of the funniest things I've ever heard. But then I look back, and the guy who punched him is laid the fuck out. Like, he's gone. And he, and like, and he just sucker happened? punched him. Yeah, he sucker punched him. <laughs> and and was just, like, I'm just like, in the commotion... He got hit. He got fucking uh, like 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 cross checked basically into a bar stool and got knocked the fuck out. And the next day, this dude posted pictures and his entire fucking rib cage was bruised. Like he hit this thing, he hit his ribs and got knocked out. Like so, then we we had him carried out of the building basically, like thrown the fuck out. And his buddy, who was one of the promoters of the promotion that he was representing started arguing with him in the parking lot because he wanted to come back in and fight. But his buddy knocked him out. <laughs> like, like, put one on his chin and knocked him out, threw him in the car and drove him home. It's never a good look when you sucker punch a guy and you end up getting knocked out twice and the guy who got sucker punched is still all right. Oh, yeah, he's good. <laughs> um, and then, so then as a make good, this guy's like, guys, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, like, I'm sorry for my behavior. Is there anything I can do? He's like, I'll bring you guys like catering for your backstage next show. It's like, okay, sure. The guy shows up. He's all like, oh yeah, I'm fucking, you know, I'm here, blah blah blah. Brings the food. We kick him out. Yeah, okay, I was hoping for that. Thanks for the dinner. Huh? Yeah, you said nothing about sticking around after catering. Yeah. Now, uh, I messaged uh, our good friend Player Uno when we made uh, nice. when we made plans to. Uh, have this podcast just talking about it and he's like ask him about starting backyard wrestling or backyard wrestling with me you got any stories about that i love backyard wrestling oh, stories shit. in general all right so uno never backyard wrestled as a teenager like he like started training at 14 years old you know he went straight into wrestling school mm -hmm. um but like i kind of like i took him on as like a little brother basically you know like he would he would like sleep at my house on the weekends and eat all my cereal and drink all the milk in my house. And like, we had a great time. We'd stay up all night watching wrestling. Um, but, um, one year on Canada day, we decided, you know, everybody's going to be drunk. Let's pull some mattresses out and backyard wrestle. Fuck. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, I'm like showing, you know, this was my fucking move when I was a backyard wrestler. And it was this like fisherman buster, but like, I grabbed the guy's legs in a weird way so that they were like figure forward. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. It was like, you're tied up real good. 
Um, he ended up actually using that in a few matches. But, uh, and I'm like, yo, I'm like, Uno, let me German you. I'm like, don't jump. And he goes, okay. And then I just like fucking launched him, <laughs> like over my head. And, and he cleared the mattress and he just like fucking landed on his neck on the, on the ground. Yeah, he deserved um, it. This was after, um, I don't know if you ever saw his match with Kevin Steen from like when he first started and Kevin gave him the fucking Steenalizer and like Uno landed on his neck and slid. Like that's how bad it was. And his neck was fucked from that. Okay. Like he was having neck problems, neck problems, like severe neck problems. Uh, my German over the mattress somehow fixed his neck. (laughs) He was really happy about that. Uh, it's like that's based that's basically my backyard wrestling uh stories with Uno. I think we, we did it a few more times like uh um like uh like in snow and shit. Because yeah. like who doesn't want to give somebody like a brain buster in like really deep snow? It's the best. Um Yeah, you're not gonna get hurt, so it's great. Do you have any information on how Kevin Steen decided the Steenalizer not only should be a professional wrestling move, but I'm gonna use it? Dude, I don't know, man. I don't know where that move came from. Uh, I think I've only seen two I, people I, take it, like, somewhat passable. One was Sexy Eddie and one was Kenny the Bastard. Oh, Kenny the Bastard took it dirty, too, though. He took it into the buckle, remember? Yeah, but he was the only, like, yeah. even Eddie, when he'd take it, like, perfectly, his legs wouldn't get over, but they'd get over more than most. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, no, Eddie, uh, Eddie did take it very safely. Yeah. Like, uh, somebody else who took it dirty was uh, Crazy Crusher. Oh, wow. I don't know if you ever heard of Crazy Crusher. Oh, yeah. Did you ever see that fucking ladder, match? ladder match? Oh, I love it. I watched that the other day with Effie. Holy fuck, dude. It... Uh, he had never seen it before. And uh, he was mind blown. He couldn't believe, like, because every spot in that match could be the finish. It's it, so you know, innovative, like, to this day. Yeah. But it's, like, innovative for the fucking worst reasons. Oh, yeah. It's just, like, let's do a bunch of shit that should kill us, but it's not going to kill us. And not only is it not going to kill us, we're not going to sell it. Yeah. But that was the style in, like, 03. My favorite spot in that match is when he gives the ladder a brain buster. Yes. Onto the guy's face. Yeah. And those guys are brothers, too, Hellstorm and Crazy Crusher. I didn't know that. So, like, it, it, it really puts it in perspective, too, because when brothers fight or wrestle, they go fucking harder than anybody else. Absolutely, yeah. 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 You guys have to, if you don't know what we're talking about, I'm pretty sure there's a highlight video online, so you can watch it quickly. The whole match is on YouTube. Even better. Because it is in It's Crazy Crusher versus Safe. Hellstorm. It's a ladder match. It's from um, EWR from Quebec City. Elite <sighs> Wrestling Revolution. There's, they're long dead now, but that match lives on. It's incredible. Like, there's so many spots in that match that I have still not seen done again to this day. Like, there's 30 of them that they do in that match, but let alone, I've never seen, like, one of them being taken, being stolen from it, because they're all so nuts. They built fucking, like, they built elaborate structures out of those ladders. (laughs) They put ladders on top of ladders and climbed the ladders on top of ladders, like... And then suplexed each other on top of on top of ladders and... Yeah, it makes no sense. They they they, they suplex ladders onto people. Yeah, <laughs> they're the best. Um, he also said, "Uno, I'm talking about is uh, you." Oh, shit. Let me read this right. No, no, no it was good. Uh, he was also the reason I broke out at first when he made the Kill Uno video. What is that about? Oh, 
kill Uno. So basically, um, when Kevin and Uno started feuding, um, it, it wasn't really a feud because it wasn't in any one promotion. Okay. Um, but it was like it started in CPW where we started. And they had a match there, and then they had a couple in MWF, which is um, where a lot of the IWS guys started out. It was, it was a promotion in Valleyfield, Quebec. It was run, it was run by uh, Fred Lemerve. Okay. I don't know if you're familiar with him. He was an IWS guy. Yeah, yeah. He was the guy. He did the French. Uh... Yes. Oh, I, I... French, like, separatist gimmick. Yes, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what I did was I took the footage and I put it together and I made almost like a kill, like a kill bill trailer. Oh, I right used on. the kill bill music. I used the kill bill effects. I did everything. It was my first ever like video editing project. I taught myself how to video edit based on that. And somehow that thing kind of like, I mean, this was like pre YouTube. Like it, it, it caught fire as much as the internet would allow it to, Sure. you know, like it got spread around. Like, uh, I remember, um, we went to New Jersey and Uno was with me. And he wore his mask because it was a Halloween show. It was a Halloween uh, Jersey All-Pro show. And people knew who he was based off the video. Oh, wow. Posted on, we had posted it on the old CZW fan. Yeah. And people were like, oh, it's, it's Player Uno, it's Player Uno. And um, I remember we went to a hotel room and we were watching it. And B-Boy just walks in and he goes, oh, yeah, I've already seen this. <laughs> That's like, sick. Several people have just like, I've already seen this. So Uno counts this as... as um, the reason that he first became known in the U.S. Kevin does too, actually, because that's how JAPW found out about him, and they were the first promotion in the U.S. to book him. Wow. So, yeah. Independentwrestling.tv or whatever the website is, recently, past couple months, they uploaded a ton of Jersey All Pro stuff. Oh, yeah. The amount of gems on those shows is unbelievable. Yeah. Like, they were sometimes so overbooked and so long, but the matches, you wouldn't believe they happened. And it was just like, Kenny Omega was champ for years there. It was like Teddy Hotter versus Homicide when they hated Dude, each they other. fucking Vader versus Mike Awesome. Like, <laughs> Perfect example. Like, you'd never think that it exists. Well, the show that, I'll tell you right now, the show that we went to, the one I went to with Uno, the card was crazy. It was like Steen versus Roderick Strong for the IWS title. Um, Super Dragon versus uh, Samoa Joe. Wow. Uh, CM Punk versus Low Key. Jesus. Yeah. The main event was um, Teddy Hart and Jack Evans against Homicide and B. Like, it was a fucking crazy show, man. Like, and like, I, yeah, they just never seem to get the notoriety. They did, because they were the tastemakers, man, because they would book all these guys from Canada first, and that's where the other promotions would see them. That, yeah, and good point. it's weird to find almost in, like, recent years, that's what we were in Connecticut, because, you know, we knew all the talent up here, so mm -hmm. we would bring guys down like TDT, and then TDT started getting booked everywhere, but then that stopped because they got the border issues or whatever. Um, Mike Bailey's first matches in uh, the States were, for us, under a mask, what was this, um, Shiranubi or something? Uh, Kitsune. Kitsune. in Japanese. Yeah. Um, he he wrestled against AR Fox, and, I mean, AR Fox loved him, so then AR Fox pitched to CZW, and the rest is history. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, um, shit like that, you know? It's, uh, and, it's like, awesome. there's so much fucking talent in Canada, and what sucks right now is, like, I've seen tweets about it recently about, like, people, people up, up here are pretty upset because, um, 
you know, there's a lot of talk about like the best the best wrestlers on the indies and whatnot, and a lot of people from Canada aren't getting mentioned right now because they're basically out of sight, out of mind. Sure. Because there's no wrestling up there. And that fucking sucks, dude. Yeah. Like, um, you know, we can't just be like, uh, hey, put on your masks and uh, we'll do, like, you know, uh, like half capacity or whatever yeah. for the venue. Like, we can't do that. Like, we have strict rules. And the craziest thing about that is, is we have the strictest rules and our COVID numbers are nowhere near <laughs> what they are in the U.S. Not even kind of close. No. The entire country of Canada isn't hitting some states' numbers. No, it's fucked up. Like we're like for for our deaths here, we're basically doing flu numbers. Yeah, for I real. Mean, it still sucks, but and it's a lot more dangerous. But we're doing flu numbers. I mean, if people were still walking around on the streets and doing whatever, like like we do, like we would do during flu season, because we didn't consider flu as much of a threat. Yeah, I think uh, it would be a lot fucking worse. But right now. With everybody staying home and everybody wearing masks and shit, we're doing quote unquote flu numbers. Yeah, yeah, it's wild. My but, yeah, my mom just got. Uh, she works in a nursing home. She's a secretary, luckily, so she oh kind of stays God. away. But her nursing home from November twenty fifth until uh, it was j- like January seventh. It was the biggest outbreak in Ontario for the time, and. Oh, uh, dude. She's vaccinated now, and everything, like, they've kind of, they've gone well over the curve now. They're better than they ever have been, but it was so goddamn stressful because uh, we had this master plan of telling her and my parents on Christmas Day that we were expecting, and my parents don't have a grandchild yet and stuff, and as Christmas was getting closer, numbers were getting worse, and I'm just like... Do I tell her now and hope she just gets out, retires and gets out of there? Or do I yeah. I wait for this Hallmark fucking finish where I tell her on Christmas and everything's great and then she gets it? You know what I mean? Like, it was eating oh. us alive. Luckily, everything worked out, but it every day I on the news, like, driving to work, it would be so-and-so nursing home, 12 more dead. Like, it was just nonstop. And my mom's... 66 years old she's been a smoker like all her life she's very active but it's just like this thing there's no rhyme or reason anything it's taken out it's just not working in her favor either yes you know smoking and whatnot it's wild but luckily tell you like i uh i was in the hospital for four months in 2019 i was really sick and uh i was i was i was gonna if i didn't go i would have died so i'm grateful that i went you know um, really shitty experience being away from home and everything. And I can imagine. I missed my biggest ever show. Like, we put on a show, WrestleMania weekend, I couldn't even go to it. Uh. I could not even get a weekend pass because of how fucked I was. Um, but the, the worst part is, like, I've always wanted to go back and visit because I made friends there. Sure. You know, and the nurses, they were older people, and um, my roommate was a 74-year-old blind man who used to be a fucking archaeologist who was dope as fuck. Holy moly. Um, he farted really loud <laughs> all the time, man, and he acted like nothing ever happened. Uh, the first time I ever heard him speak, he, uh, he had the TV on way too loud, and he's just watching the news, and he just goes, he's a fucking asshole. And I'm like, what? He goes, Donald Trump. He's a fucking asshole. And I'm like, all right, all right, we're good. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, we can relate um, to that. Yeah. yeah. Like, a lot of old people, and there was a lot of really, really heavy set people there. Sure. And, like, it's like, 
like that's who this is killing yeah. so like i i honestly don't know if these people are still alive you know like i would hate to go back there and be like i want to visit this person this person this person find out they're dead yeah yeah, yeah almost the, pretty... the unknown might be better knowing but at the same time it's just like what if they are around right it's scary man it's, it's scary it's crazy uh, yeah, um, that's why I basically just uh, stay in my house now. Yeah, it, well, I think we're on the back end of it. At least I'm hoping so. But it sounds like things are getting better. I don't fucking know. Even when I say it, I don't the believe it. The vaccine's promising. I yeah. mean, it, 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 it induces some kind of hope, right? And they could roll it out a little faster here, but, you know. Uh, agreed. Like, who did Canada piss off, right? No, I like... I didn't know you could just be like, yeah, we're not going to give you your supply this week. Like, and yeah. that sounds like a Bond villain thing. I didn't know. Like, I guess it makes sense that the manufacturer can do that. There's I just no never thought they you, would. It's There's no soup for you. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Exactly. Yeah. But well, what... I mean, we'll get it eventually. I mean, like, I, there's, I found a, I don't know if it's official, but I found a, I saw a link to like a, like a, it's like a COVID vaccine calculator where you put in like, your age and your symptoms and shit like your age and like your like like your um ailments or whatever sure like if you like diabetes or whatever and it gives you like a like an estimate as to when you should expect to get your vaccine in canada oh wow and mine said september oh really it's just like holy fuck i'm like i'm gonna be fucking like an indoor kid till september like Yeah, I know. It's, it's so crazy that we've already, like, hit a year. I remember when it was first announced that WrestleMania wasn't going to take place in the stadium. They were going to do it in the PC. And I was just, like, yeah. mind-blown. And then, like, two weeks... Yeah, that would have been longer than that, probably a month after. There was rumors that SummerSlam might. And I was like, there's not a chance. They're not going to... Yeah. Like, things won't be back to normal. And now... My, my thoughts on WrestleMania last year was that um, all the matches were going to end basically open-ended so that they can continue them and basically do WrestleMania at SummerSlam Live. That's hilarious. Yeah. Like, like when I saw that, like, uh, Kevin <laughs> and, uh, Seth Rollins at first had, like, a non-finish. Yeah. And then they restarted the match. I thought it was going to be the non-finish just to carry the feud over. Sure. But then as soon as he beat him, I was like, oh, fuck, they have no faith in this. Do you still, uh... I'm assuming you were always close with Kevin and uh, Sami Zayn and whatnot. Uh, Sami Zayn, I haven't heard from since he got signed. Oh, really? Okay. Uh, I'll I'll tell you a story that I don't really tell uh, in public, but uh, I I think he's mad at me because um, there was footage online of his Big Larry gimmick. Okay. You heard of Big Larry? Yes. His gimmick in which he uh, he acted like a militant black man, basically. Yep. Um. WWE got mad from what I heard and when they saw that gimmick because somebody uploaded a clip. Somebody who actually worked for CZW mm. uploaded a clip and labeled it uh, Sami Zayn's racist gimmick. Yeah. And it was him basically telling somebody like, oh, you cracker, when the revolution comes, I'm going to kill you first and shit like that. And uh, Times were well, different. So somebody contacted me on behalf of Sami Zayn and said... Hey, uh, you know, Sami Zayn wants you to remove this clip immediately. Um, WWE's pissed. Mm-hmm. And my response was, this wasn't even from my fucking show. 
I didn't upload it. How the fuck am I supposed to remove it? <laughs> like, he just he just automatically assumed that for some reason that I uploaded this clip. And it wasn't and even your like, show. That's even crazier. Yeah. I'm like, look, I see the name of the person, so I can ask him to remove it. And, and like, I did that, and I said, okay, cool. We'll talk to the guy who's going to remove it. So how about on my behalf, tell my friend Sammy Zane that I haven't spoken to in years since he got signed that I said hello, and it's unbelievable. Yeah, that's... Um, as for Kevin, like, we, we talk periodically. I, I tend to just not want to bother him. You sure. Know what I mean? like, yeah, yeah. He's already got enough I on his plate. like a bother? Yeah. Yeah, I feel like a bother with all the, these guys, like, have so much on their plate. I, I barely talk to Uno, man. Like, I feel these guys are just so busy now, you know? I talk to Uno more than any... Well, I don't really talk to Steen or anything ever. But I talk to Uno periodically. But I hate it because I'm still such a mark, right? That when I talk to him, like, we've always kind of kept in touch and joked. Like, we we relate on a lot of our humor and whatnot. But I just hate that I'm always... I'll watch him on Impact. Or not Impact, or Dynamite. Yeah. And I'll want to reach out and talk about, like, everything that's going on. And I just feel like everybody's doing that. And I don't want to just blend in. And I don't want to seem like this guy who just wants, like, the deets. Like, I'm interested in it all. But it's also awesome seeing them do so well. Like... You know what's cool though is at least you're somebody who knew him for a long time before yeah. this happened to him, and you're not one of those guys that's just like, oh, I was on a show with him once. He's my friend. Yeah, yeah, it, it, that yeah. is true. I just, I just don't want to come off too much like those guys sometimes. Like, like I talk to Andy Williams all the time. We're still kind of like new friends, oh, yeah. but he's the best guy ever. And he's the best guy. Do you know that, you know that he uh, had his debut match on one of my shows? Really. Yep, it was a tag team match with his friend Wes. Oh yeah, his best friend. Was a wrestler. Yep. Yeah, I don't think Wes was ever a wrestler, but he wrestled against uh, the Dumb Fucks. They they beat the shit out of the Dumb Fucks. I didn't know that. He like Andy Williams is the greatest guy ever. He really is. I could have a podcast just talking about how much I love him, and I hate it because I don't think people realize. Like, since I've only known him for probably three or four years, we just connected really well, and we text right. all the time, but I think people don't believe it, and they're just, it's, I come off as one of those guys that I was on a show with Andy Williams once, and now I'm his best friend, you know what I mean? Like, but right. he is genuinely, like, him and Pepper are just two absolute yeah. role models to me, and I just love them so much and every time they do something on dynamite i just want to reach out and be like you guys are the fucking best this is amazing to see anytime and the crazy thing about andy is like you look at him and you you expect him to have been in wrestling so much longer yep yeah, like, he, he just got it so fast man he's fucking awesome and like another thing about him though is like the second he got on the scene like like even if you didn't know who his band was everybody just immediately loved him yep. like at shows you just see Everybody posting these pictures. This is a guy I met today, Andy Williams. He's the coolest. Like, I've seen pictures of Cecil Nicks holding him like a baby. Yeah. Shit like that. Like, it's fucking amazing. Me and Puff have talked about it before because he has this unbelievable... Oh, Puff is the best, too. Yo, I love Puff so much. I'd never tell him to his yeah. face, but I love him. Uh, but okay. he, he has let's this... Just, let's just talk about how much we love Puff right now. Puff, I love you, too. Puff... Um, we both love you. Even though you stormed the Capitol, I can get over it. I love you so much. <laughs> If I was to unlock this room right now, I could guarantee you within 10 minutes, Puff would join us. Oh my gosh. We always try to get him to join our Among Us game, but he's he ends up uh, he's playing board games with his mom or something. Oh yeah. He's yeah. a sweet guy. 
he is the best. But yeah, we always talk about uh, how Andy has this unbelievable ability to make everybody feel like they're best friends with him. And it's like something that I really try to, uh, like, I don't even know what it is, but it's something I would love to like take on myself and make people feel that way because it is such a warming feeling. It's a good sense of like comfort. Yeah, it is. And I just love that he looks like fucking Daniel Day Lewis in There Will Be Blood, yet is the sweetest man. Yeah, yet is the sweetest man with like a high voice that just is into dumb humor and stuff. Yet he's this rock star. You said you said There Will Be Blood. I said fucking Bill the Butcher. I meant Bill the Butcher. I meant Bill the Butcher. I fucked it up. From Gangs of New York. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, he is. Yeah. Yeah. No, but greatest guy, man. Like Pepper, oh, yeah, just I just love seeing like guys I know. I don't even have to be like close or friends with you. I can appreciate other people's success, and I think yeah. I think a lot of people like have trouble with that because jealousy is a common thing. I don't right. I don't know what my goals or plans are for wrestling. I just like wrestling. I don't know if I ever want to go anywhere. I kind of just play it how it comes to me and i don't think too much of it right so i just love seeing people have success like not knowing like i was in i was watching uh the royal rumble on this app with a bunch of my buddies and we were just taking bets on like who's gonna come out uh who's who'll be a surprise entrant and someone said like ethan page and we used to be really good friends and we're not anymore people said ethan page like i would have lost my shit if he would have came yeah. out. And I, I don't know. I just, I feel like, uh, like jealousy is a weird thing. And especially in wrestling, because everybody thinks it's like, oh, that could have been my spot. I can't be happy for him, blah, blah, blah. But it's just like, right. it, I think it only empowers and is good for everybody if somebody succeeds. And yeah. I, I'm also under the yeah. belief, too, uh, that there's a spot for everybody in wrestling. Some people don't say, don't think also, that. like, Another thing is, like, when somebody moves up, that just that just means there's more spots to be filled where you're at. That's the thing. You know, like, like everybody. I get um, I get a lot of people that ask me why don't I try to break out in the states more, and like, there's a multitude of reasons, but one of like my favorite like rebuttals to that. Because they'll always be like, you're so great, blah, blah, blah. And they'll just build me up, build me up. And they'll be like, I don't know why you're not uh, taking off going to the States and trying to get signed somewhere. And I'll always be like, if I'm this great, why do you want me to leave so bad? Like, <laughs> Right. Like, right. Yo, I got a question for you. Mm-hmm. I have a question for you. I have to ask you about your death match with Blade, man. Oh, right on, yeah. Because, like, I don't know if you know this, but he's, like, a fucking long-time friend of mine. I should have brought him up earlier, honestly, because, yeah, he's the greatest. We go way the fuck back, man, him and I. Like, uh, I actually busted his head open once by accident. He, like, he, I was sleep- I was laying in my bed, and he jumped on me and tried to dry hump me. <laughs> and I, like, aggressively threw him off me, and he smacked his head on, like, my uh, my bedpost and, like, like busted his head. <laughs> yeah, he's resilient. Yeah, man. He's the great. He's fucking very resilient. He's the greatest. I've known him basically since I started wrestling, like just a short, few months after I started oh, in like '03. Oh, I 03. know because I saw videos of you when you first started wrestling at his house. <laughs> yeah, like, that would have been it. Some of the, uh, I saw some of the Living Legends wrestling student shows. That's man. it. Yeah, 
Yeah, he's the best, yeah. dude. I love him to death. I, I actually see him more now than I have in years. That's awesome. Yeah, it's just that whole crew of, uh, like, his buddies. Uh, I, was... I see them a lot now. Uh-oh, did I lose? Yo, I don't know if it froze for you, but it's it's frozen for me over here. Yeah, it froze a little bit there. We're back. seen him since well, honestly it might be it might be like 15 years oh really just keep in touch online and whatnot yeah i was at a concert the last time i saw him i was at a concert in uh toronto and we met up in hamilton he's yeah he's in he's in great shape now too he is he's as good looking as ever and he can still go like it's unbelievable how great that's, he is as good looking as ever fuck he hasn't aged it's no, fucking crazy not at all he's just gotten in like chiseled no. shape now Yeah, he's the best man. When uh, uh, it's funny how that all happened because I've always, I've always loved deathmatch wrestling. I just haven't really right. kind of dabbled in it. And uh, I was supposed to have a barbed wire deathmatch with Kevin Blackwood, and then uh, he got hurt. He got in an accident, and then Jimmy Havoc took his spot. And uh, I talked to Jeff Flurry all the time too. And uh, okay. uh, I was just talking to him like. I, all my ideas, and then we were going to go all out. So he told Ian, and they came to the show. Uh, long story short, Jimmy Havoc got hurt early, and the match got cut off before we even got going, really. And I heard that that guy can get a fucking paper cut, and he's done. I I don't know. Like, I don't want to say anything. Uh, I can understand he thought he was really hurt, and the panic really set in, because uh, I yeah. sense that. But I guess... Ian came to watch that show just as he was kind of getting pre-production for Deathmatch Dad. And nice. so I guess he, he figured out that I wanted to do a good Deathmatch. And after that one kind of got taken from me, he reached out. And, uh, man, I was so happy he did. Honestly, I may have even reached out because I saw he did. He was doing a wrestling movie. And it, I think right. I might have reached out and just said, hey, if I can do anything. Because I'm kind of... Uh, really infatuated with just movie making in general too and just anything to be involved i said i'd hold a light like i don't have to be on screen and that's when he asked me if i'd do the match and i was like fucking right i will and i have never wrestled ian in a match anyways we fucked around in training but i always looked up to him i still do and so it was just like everything was coming together great and he's just the best dude ever he really is man and you, you know the craziest thing is like we met on Nick Mondo's message board back in the day. What? Like, we were both mass. Yeah, man. We were both massive Nick Mondo fans. Okay. Um, and like, it's just crazy now that like, he's basically fucking friends with Nick Mondo. He's the Nick Mondo of Canada. Like, like he's the movie making yeah, guy. We both talk, we both, like, we both talked to Nick Mondo and like, like I sent Nick Mondo a picture one day. He's like, yo, I always loved that picture. I'm like, yeah, I fucking drew that for Ian. <laughs> it's this drawing of uh it's this really bad paint drawing of of uh Zandig jumping off a roof with Nick Mondo. It's like the worst fucking thing ever. And Nick Mondo's eyes are bulging out of his head like a fucking Looney Tunes cartoon. And and Zandig's yeah like <laughs> Like Mondo went fucking nuts when he realized that like I made it and like it's just it's just crazy. Like that's so rad. Cool, man. Do you have any like, things are Sorry, I didn't mean to cut What's you that? off. I didn't mean to cut you off. Keep going. I was going to say, things are just like like full circle type thing. That's you know? Do you have, uh, did you ever have any interaction or meetings with Zandig? Zandig, no. Nothing, um, eh? We did. <laughs> Our, uh, 
one of our Connecticut promoters tried to book him once. Uh, we, we wanted to do Zandig versus uh, the Panda in ISW. <laughs> um, Zandig wanted way too much money to just have a regular-ass match where he basically would have given a Panda a spinning clothesline and a motherfucking bomb. Oh, fucking right. Greatest hits. And uh, so instead we booked uh, on the side, and that was a disaster. Oh, really? Was that the match that the Panda died? Uh, the, the gimmick kind of died because, uh, Homicide, uh, basically decided to play by his own rules and he ripped the panda's mask off during the match and, Ooh. uh, then hij- hijacked the show. It was very weird. Very strange. Really? Um, he blames it on hitting his head on the floor and getting concussion. Mm. I mean, I'm not going to say that it's not right because he definitely did hit his fucking head. Oh, really? His okay. Arms went, his arms went like MMA knockout stiff. Oh, wow. And, uh. From what? Yeah. How did he hit his head uh, like that? Okay, so uh, the panda did a dive, and I don't think Homicide was prepared to catch it, oh. and he got knocked to the floor. Okay. And, it, like, you see his head clunk pretty bad. Like, so I'm not going to be one that's just like, uh, you know, he's, he's a fucking liar. Yeah, yeah. There's at least a little evidence. But he might have been pissed. Too. Sure. You know, like, I don't know. Like, it's, it, like, whatever. You know, it, it is what it is. It's a story to tell. That's all, that's all bad shit in wrestling is to me, is a story to tell. That's it. Yeah. That's wild, man. All right, dude, I won't keep you any uh, longer. I, but I'll say this, though. I did try to, uh, like, for years, like, we kind of had, like, like, like a silent beef with Homicide. Like, like he would always be, like, if somebody mentioned that, like, the, the wrestling panda to him, he'd be like, fuck that panda. He should <laughs> go back to China and die. <laughs> and, uh, but, like, when we did our show for The Collective, um, a team backed out. We had a team booked to wrestle Butcher and the Blade, and they backed out. And um, I was going to replace them with Pinky and a mystery partner, and I had a mask homicide if he'd do it. And um, that's how I figured things are patched up, because he would have done it, but he hadn't injured me. He actually ended up working no shows that weekend. Oh, that's so. cool, then. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. At the same time, too, it's like, how long can you hold a grudge? Shit happens, and this was, what, but, over a decade ago? how good would that match have been? Unreal. Man? I think in homicide against Butcher and the Blade. I still get up for homicide matches, man. Like, there's something to him. I believe it, and it's just his shit with like I, Trent Acid in Ring of Honor. Oh, I feel like I feel like his his English has gotten worse and his promos lately. Like <laughs> he cut a promo on uh, the Fight Forever broadcast uh, where he was he was supposed to wrestle Low Life Louie, but Low Life Louie couldn't make it. Yeah. Effie showed up. His promo that he cut, like, honestly, if I didn't know better, like, because I play video games with Low Life Louie's son, so I know <laughs> why Louie wasn't there, but if I didn't know better, I'd think that Low Life Louie was fucking dying. Oh, really? He <laughs> was like, Louie, we, we talk about you, we think about you, we pray for you, and then he took off his Low Life Louie shirt and left it in the ring. <laughs> and it's like... Dude uh, had engine like, problems. Like, nah, man, Louie's, like... My wife Lewis is not feeling good, man. He's good. <laughs> Have you seen the interview Ariel Helwani just uploaded a couple days ago, and it's with uh, Nick Diaz? No, dude, it's like we are seeing CTE live and in color. He's he's never been the best with uh, speech uh, with speaking. As I fuck up the word, I'm trying to make fun of him. Yeah, they ain't eloquent, those boys. But it's gotten like progressively five times worse. Oh, no. Yeah, it's like not... I was listening to it because 
I was just like, has they have they always talked like this? And I've just never really noticed and whatnot. And the lighting's really bad, so he looks really old. And I'm just like, Jesus Christ, this guy, uh, he's calling out dudes. And it's like, maybe you should just, I'm pretty sure you're set. Maybe this should be it because we're starting to see where this takes us already. Maybe he should take the, uh, maybe he should take the Jake Paul fight and ride off into the sunset with a lot of money. For real. And he destroyed Jake Paul, but instead Ben Askren took it where now I don't know what's going to happen. Yo, I'm fucking, I'm rooting for Ben to just fucking whip out a double leg and break the dude's arm. Oh, if he, have you ever seen the clip of when he goes for the spinning back fist against Maya and it literally looks like a toddler is like doing the helicopter? Yeah, but he was doing so good in that fight. He was. He was grappling with Maya and like yeah. surviving until the end. fucking Maya up. But when it got to striking and shit, he was done. Yeah, it's just, but I think at the end of the day, like if it was a Diaz brother against Jake Paul... Or Logan, I can't remember which fucking one it was. Oh, God. Doesn't matter. Either one. It would, yeah, it would be a, a murder on camera. Whereas this, it's at least like, could go either way, and I'm a little interested now. And the thing, the thing about Nick Diaz is his his strikes don't look like they hurt, but like they always say, it's like punches and punches. Right? Yeah, it's like volume. volume. Yep. And, and he's got those pitter patter punches, I call them, because it's just like tap, 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 yeah. tap. It's like tap, tap, taunt, tap, tap, taunt. It's like he's playing a fucking video game. For And you can just never knock him down. And, like, you can knock him down once in a while, but he's not out. It's unbelievable. He's resilient. Yeah, zombie yeah. blood in the both of them. It's crazy. Fuck yeah. All right, dude. This has been great. Thank you so much for doing this. I'd love to do it again sometime. Fuck yeah. Can I plug something before I go? Please plug everything. All right, so I'm doing the dumbest fucking thing in the world right now. <laughs> I'm trying to put together the dumbest wrestling match in the world right now. It's 1millionblocks.com. It's a website in which you can donate your kids' uh, Lego blocks. Uh, actually, I'm not allowed to say Lego, but I'll say it anyway, because whatever, fuck it. If they send me another season to assist, third time's a charm. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, um... Yeah, I'm trying to collect a, a million uh, brightly colored blocks so I can put on the biggest, dumbest wrestling match in the, the history of pro wrestling. Um, it's only been going for about a week now, and I've gotten about 40,000 blocks. Holy. Um, shit's going okay. Um, if you feel like you want to support dumb wrestling history and be part of the match, because you will literally be part of the match, um... Hit it up, man. One million blocks.com. Is that one spelled spelt as one? Word. Okay. One million blocks. Okay, just making yeah. sure. I'll, I'll, I'll post it in the status and everything, too. That's fucking hilarious. I love this shit. Uh, do we know a, who the participants are? I'm a, I'd say Addie Star might be well, in it. I, I think naturally I can't do this without Addie Star. Yeah, okay. I was going to say she's because the queen. She's done, she's done most of them for me, so I think she'll be in it. Um, probably Jeff Cannonball, who is absolutely one of my favorite people on earth. Nice. Soda reviews, uh, baby. Soda review for fucking life. Yeah, man. That guy's got announcements coming. He's got announcements coming that you wouldn't fucking believe. No so kidding, eh? Man. Good. Oh, yeah. I love it. I love people um, doing their own thing yeah. like that. That's all I got. At Rachi Kong, at ISW. That's my shit. All right, dude. This was a thrill. I'm really happy we got, we got to talk. I'd love to do it anytime again. Brother, this Hell was yeah. a blast. Thanks so much, eh? Hey, no problem. All right. Stay safe, buddy. Take care. All right, dudes. That's it. I forgot. Fuck. I forgot to ask him for a song. I'm going to message him right now. And the song you're about to hear...
will be the song that he wanted me to play that I forgot to ask eight seconds ago. All right, hopefully you could hear all that. That was real fun. Um, that's it, guys. One millionblocks.com at Rachi Kong, Interspecies Wrestling. Check it all out. Great dude. And I'll check back with you guys next week. Okay, bye. Everything is awesome. Everything is cool when you're part of a team. Everything is awesome when we live in our dreams. Everything is better when we stay together. Side by side, you and I gonna win forever. Let's party forever. We're the same, I'm like you, you're like me. We're all Dip my body in chocolate frosting Three years later I shot the frosting Smelling like a blossom, everything is awesome Stepped in mud, got new brown shoes Awesome to win and it's awesome to lose Awesome to lose Everything is better when we stick Everything is